0: Hello and welcome to the Blue Pea Leader Podcast. And I'm your host and the founder of Blue Pea Pod, Ruth Sanderson. If you want to become a leader of an organization where people feel alive and fully contribute, one that really understands who you are, lets you contribute your talents, live your purpose and make a difference. Listen in now as we share the latest practical ideas and techniques to experience authentic success through leadership. Analysis is an essential leadership skill, but there comes a point when overdone we enter analysis paralysis, start overthinking everything, and poor decision making follows. Every day there are decisions to be made, who should be assigned to what project, or how do we manage remote working so it benefits the company, our customers and our employees. Uh, What's the next product our market is searching for, or which problem should be solved next? From the simple through to the complex, all these choices inform our vision and plan for our product and service offerings. And when things are more volatile, uncertain, complex or ambiguous, we have to make even more decisions and our stress levels can quickly get out of hand. And we can so easily get caught up in not genuine, volatile, uncertain, ambiguous events, but in our head and unproductive mental loops. And it's these mental loops that cause us to go over and over and over the data again and again, interrogating it for flaws, permutations and possibilities. All in the desire to make the right or best decision and we sink into over-analysis and overwhelm and tire ourselves out. And if we're someone who does this process by talking to others, then we're probably going to tire them out as well. Hello, I'm Ruth Sanderson and welcome to the Blue Pea Leader podcast. And in this episode, I want to cover five areas that you can pay attention to that should help you get out of overthinking and overanalysis. So the first one is to watch for perfectionism. Now... I would say perfectionism is striving for the almost unattainable. Often if we look at it, perfect is when we're setting the target or the output at 110%. In analysis, it's the I've covered every base, considered every response or eventuality. Or it's there can be no room for error and read that as 0.00 room for error, not 0.1 room for error. And of course we hear the phrase done is better than perfect because perfect never gets done. So my suggestion is before you begin your analysis, ask yourself to, in order to be able to make this decision, what's the level of quality required here? And you notice the question's impersonal. It's what's the level of quality required here, not what's the level of quality I would like here. Because often perfection is personal. So what you would decide is perfection probably won't be for another, which of course can make it even harder to attain. This is why I love the 80-20 principle. And you can use it to help you here. Having got 80% of the way, then pause and ascertain the risk and implication of spending 80% more of your time and resources on sorting out the remaining 20% of the um, analysis. Because sometimes 80% is good enough to proceed, probably more so when situations are uncertain or developing. The next area to watch for is uh, what I, I lovingly call carnival mirrors. Now, when I was a teenager, sometimes I'd pay my 10 pence. This maybe tells you when my teenage years were. I'd pay 10 pence and take a walk through the hall of mirrors with my friends. I mean, the hilarity as I suddenly had a two foot forehead or became all wobbly or super skinny or, you know, all other manners of the sort of mirror distortion tricks and of course there was always a favorite mirror that I'd stand in front of pulling faces and poses now when we get caught in those mental loops sometimes it's like we're walking through the hall of mirrors or we've got stuck standing in front of our favorite mirror so some decisions are worth exploring from from a variety of different angles and situations others not so But writing things down on paper, either literally pen and paper or on your computer, will help you get clarity around the impact. So you write down things like what is the goal or the outcome? What's the impact of achieving it or not achieving it? And then what's the consequences of this impact? So you've kind of taken it out a bit further. And the reason for, I mean, the questions help you um, help you put things in, uh, in um, perspective, but the reason for writing the answers down is that you have them to refer back to at the end of the decision. And so you can look and say, well, how, actually, how accurate were my answers or predictions? And it'll help me um, fine tune. So basically, in future, when you do this, You've got, uh, you'll have got you be more accurate in terms of what you write. The next one is decision fatigue. So I've said we make hundreds of decisions a day and not all decisions are equal in terms of their impact. But each decision requires brain power, in which case it's good to start looking at which areas of work or life you can simplify. So let's take something like what to wear for work or what to wear uh, for a Zoom meeting. But it's, it's that thing of, you know, when we're dressing for work, do we want to spend each morning going, ooh, what am I going to wear today? Um, do I need to iron it? All of those kind of things. So a capsule wardrobe is one solution. I've got a client and literally they go, I I wear a black top, black trousers, black shoes. Um, and and that's it. It's a different black top, maybe. It's a different pair of black trousers, but it's all black. There's no having to think about, does this go with this? Do the stripes and the spots clash? Nothing. So, capsule wardrobes are one solution, or on a Sunday, you can just line everything up in your wardrobe in order of wearing it. It's one decision job done for the week. Now, I notice when I used to travel a lot for work, Sunday night, I'd pack my suitcase, and the space was tight. There was only spare space for um, an an extra shirt just in case I chucked my dinner down myself and so it meant when I arrived at my destination I didn't have endless decisions or choices as to what to wear interestingly when I used to go on holiday and had a large suitcase to fill I'd be like oh my goodness me isn't it great I can pack four pairs of shoes and several jackets and choices choices and yet when I came back Usually, 50% of my suitcase had never been worn. Well, actually, I'd never worn any of my suitcase, but I mean the clothes in my suitcase. Uh, And I'd also spent time each day staring into the wardrobe, wondering what to wear. It's the same with what to eat for breakfast or lunch. Decide in advance. And it stops your decisions being driven by the moment, such as a lack of time or emotional eating. Things like planning next day's work the day before. So the last 10 minutes of um, my day is spent looking at the next day and planning it all out. Because I found that 10 minutes planning can save me one hour, sometimes more, of wasted time trying to work out what I should be doing. And it will also help you become aware of what distracts and derails you. Because here's the thing, the more you have rituals and routines and habits, the more your brain power is available for the new, the different, the important, the correct processing of the uncertain. And fourthly, I think it's useful if we can contextualise the decision so. There are times when we shift into overthinking and overanalysis because we're juggling so many balls. It's like when we have too many open programs and files on a computer, eventually it's performance drops. The same could be said for our mind. In order not to drop anything, we're cycling round and round and round, but that's unproductive and our performance drops. So, there are a few things we can use that will actually reduce this and increase our effectiveness. Firstly, we can ask ourselves some questions like, which decision will have the biggest positive impact on my key deliverables? Or, if I didn't make this decision at all, what would be the impact? Um, When is a decision required? Because sometimes what we'll do is we end up... Thinking about a decision that's maybe required at the end of the month, but we're thinking about it now and then a few days later and then next week. And then and so that can be sometimes unproductive. Um, another question is when we're getting into that overthinking and in um, an over analysis is to ask yourself, what am I afraid of? Obviously, in relation to the decision that we're thinking about Now, when overthinking becomes more of a habit, it's as if your mind has actually got trouble switching off. In which case, meditation becomes a valuable tool for rewiring your brain, allowing it to defrag and de-stress. And of course, what's really great is you can do this in five minutes or less. So I meditate for five minutes in the morning and five minutes in the evening. And when my mind is really racing, I quite often just take a couple of minutes for a quick meditation because it stills my mind and then I can begin again. And of course, the more you practice it, the easier it is to do. And by more, I mean the frequency of practice, not the duration. But I've also noticed that meditation helps me draw upon my intuition easier, which leads me to my final point. We regularly analyse situations using our intuition, yet when we get caught up in overthinking we shut this faculty out. Now our intuition isn't some airy fairy kind of thing, it's our brain on super processing power, sizing things up and comparing it to previous events and experiences and coming up with a decision. And usually, this decision enters your head as a short, te- a short sentence, like one to four words. So it's something like, yes, pink, walk away, 12 to 15%. You know, so it's that kind of real bullet point sort of stuff. It's not, oh, well, what you might like to do is, and it's by acting on our intuition that we improve our intuition. Also, if you're asking yourself, well, where's the data to support the intuitive answer? Well, sometimes that only becomes apparent when you move into action on the intuition. So to calm your mind and make better decisions, take one of the five areas I've mentioned and work with it. And then if you want to come back and work with another, that's fine. Just don't try and do all five at once because you're going to only be adding to the overwhelm in your mind. Until next time, go and be the difference in leadership.